We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Five challenge, five things we challenge you to do and you have that in your handout. It's a challenge because not everybody can do all five. But I challenge you to do what you can do by faith. By faith. Because faith is what we need more of every day in our life. It is an intangible. I don't know how to measure my faith. Uh, this last week they said, uh, what's your pain on a scale from 1 to 10? That was easy. 15. <laughs> Pretty easy. But what is your faith on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 meaning I don't have very much faith. And 10 meaning I've got all the faith. I believe God can do anything. Man, there is no doubt. No doubt. I've often told people when I'm standing beside your bed, i got that 10 faith. When I'm the one in the bed, you need to have 10 for me. Amen? Because sometimes when you go through something yourself, that's when your faith gets challenged. And so whenever we're going through things, then our faith gets challenged because sometimes we have faith, but yet what we're seeing, feeling, and experiencing challenges the opposite of our faith. So those five things I want you to take today and make it a challenge. Try to do all five. Get to where you can do five, but if you can do four, great, three, whatever. But I want you to be stronger in your faith. I've already heard so many testimonies in the last two weeks of what God is doing in people's lives and what God is showing people in the Spirit. I believe God reveals things to us in the Spirit. So today, if you have your Bibles, if you have your handouts, 1 Kings chapter 4, verses 29 through 34 says this. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about plant life from the cedars of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the walls. He also spoke about animals and birds and reptiles and fish. From all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. We know of Solomon's wisdom, but God also gave Solomon great insight and understanding. Man, I would love God to give me more insight into things, wouldn't you? And more understanding of how God's working all things together for good because sometimes I don't get it and I don't see it. But God not only gave the, the wisdom to Solomon but great understanding and great insight. He was able to understand the large things of the universe and people came from the east, people came from Egypt, these great thinkers to come and sit at his feet and learn about the intricacies and the understandings and insights God had given to him about the universe, but then he could also speak about the smallest of things. I have found that we love to talk and want great, but it's the small things that sometimes we don't pay attention to. God has a plan. Acts chapter 13 verse 36 says this, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. 
He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. When David had served God's purpose, you are unique. No one can serve God's purpose but you in your life. David served his purpose. And when God said, I have finished with my purpose in your life, then he fell asleep. I believe that as long as we are living, God has a purpose for us to fulfill. When we finish God's purpose in our life, we will fall asleep. You see, we don't live for us. We live because God has something for us to do. A purpose. And most of us understand purpose and destiny, but we want it to be great. I want a great destiny. I want a great fulfillment and purpose and plan in my life. Man, I want to be like Solomon. I want to have all the insights, all the understandings. I want to be able to do great things. Great things. God, what are the great things? I'll tell you what they are. Great things. God reveals his purpose day to day. I have never had God reveal to me in advance what he wanted me to do. It's always revealed as I needed to do it. I believe that if God would reveal things years in advance, it would totally scare me to death. But he allows me to see it as my faith is grown enough to receive it. Because if I'm not ready to receive it, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. If, if, if somebody would have told me when I was a young Christian that, that I would be a pastor of a church, that would have blown me away. If somebody would have told me, said, you're going to pastor hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and, and raise multiple millions and millions of dollars and build new facilities in Texas and new facilities in New Mexico and be pastor in Oklahoma, I would go, no way. I'm just a poor white boy from Mississippi. Yeah. Well, $50 was a lot of money. Yeah. I couldn't have done it. I would have been scared. I would have been intimidated. But God reveals things in your life and my life as he has purpose for him to be revealed in your life. God will reveal it day by day. Your daily will lead to your destiny. Great things in your destiny come from small things in your daily life. You can't do big things unless you take care of the small things. I mean, you want to do great things? Take care of the small things. Because your daily leads to your destiny. Great things in your destiny will come from the small things in your everyday life. People look at you every day and go, well, that's not a big thing. Oh, it is to me. You mean reading your Bible every day? Oh, that's a big thing. That's a huge thing. It's a faith five challenge. Uh, praying every day? Oh, that's a big deal. Really? Oh, it's huge. Because it's one of my faith five challenges. Memorizing the scripture? Oh, that's huge. Because there are times I don't have my Bible. There are times I don't have access to the word of God. I've got to have it hidden in my heart. I'm in a warfare here. The enemy's coming against me because, guess what? He attacks you when you think you're not ready. You've got to be ready in season and out. You've got to be ready 24-7. And you've got to have that word, that sword at your side, sharpened and ready to go. I was given a, a small little phrase when I was a young Christian. You're never wasting your time sharpening your sword. Amen. Some people think they're wasting their time reading their Bible. Never. Well, I'm wasting my time memorizing a verse. Never. 
You'll never know when that is the very weapon that you draw out one day and you destroy the enemy with it. You never know. The Israelites have been in captivity and they've been held there and now they are free to go back. God set them free for a purpose. I want you to go back and restore my temple. Remember that in the Old Testament? Ezra and Nehemiah were there to rebuild the wall and they were there for a purpose. Rebuild this wall. It had been destroyed. The Bible says that when that temple was destroyed, not one stone laid upon the other stone. It was utterly flattened. And now they are sent back to rebuild the walls and Zerubbabel is given the task of rebuilding the temple. In Zechariah chapter 4 verses 6 through 10, So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. How many of you have memorized that verse in the Bible today? You know, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I've used that verse a lot. God was telling Zerubbabel, you see this overwhelming task of rebuilding the temple? You can't do it in your own might. You can't do it just because you're excited and you're, you know, you're spirited up and you're ready to go. Uh, you can't do it that way. Well, God, how's it going to get done? It's going to get done by my spirit working through you. You see, today in our own lives, we think, oh, I don't need God to handle this. I can just do this myself. How many of you got really messed up on the times you thought, I can just do this myself? It's something small. Something, I don't need to pray about this. I got this. And that's when the enemy comes in and just makes a mess out of what you thought you could do. Listen, it's the small things. We need to take every small thing and take it to God and say, God, not by my might, not by my power, but it is by your spirit that you're going to take care of this. Because here's what Zerubbabel faced. Look at this. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you'll become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. You see, Zerubbabel came back. There was this huge pile of building supplies. Stones piled up everywhere. Craftsmen ready to go. And Zerubbabel probably walked out and looked at this thing and goes, what a mountain. This is never going to look like a temple. And then he looked up to God and he remembered it's not by my might, not my power, but by his spirit. He said, hey, mountain, what are you when it comes to the power of my God? What are you when it comes to my God? You see, we look at mountains in our life and go, man, that mountain is huge. We should be looking at the mountain and going, hey, what are you, old mountain? Because in the New Testament, the Bible says this, that if we have faith the size of the grain of a mustard seed, we say to mountains, be cast into the sea, right? Mustard seed's the smallest of seeds on the earth. God's not wanting you to come out and go, I have great faith. I will stand before the river Jordan and I will part it left and right. God says, you're not ready for that one. But if you have just enough, just number one level of faith, you can begin to say to mountains, not because of you, not by your might or not by your power, but by my spirit, you can say, hey mountain, what are you in the face of my God? Hey mountain, how big are you when it comes to the strength of my God? 
You see, today all of us face mountains, barriers, obstacles in our life. And when they are yours, they are huge. Now you may look at somebody else's mountain and go, what are they worried about? That's so small. Man, I stumbled. I, I stumped my toe on stuff bigger than that. When it's you, it's different. When it's your mountain, in the New Testament, we are the temple of God, right? We have been transformed into the temple. The God, the holy God of all gods, he indwells in us, he lives in us, he, he becomes in our dwelling. We are the temple. Here's what it says, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You see, God doesn't start anything he's not going to complete. So Rubble like, we're not going to start this until we hear shouts of God bless it, God bless it when the capstone is placed. We're not going to start something and not finish it. God finishes everything he starts. And God has started something in your life. And guess what? God will be faithful to complete it. It is not by your might, not by your power, but it is by the Spirit of God. God will bring it to completion. So what do we do? Well, look at Zechariah 4.10. Who dares despise the day of small things? You see, Zechariah realized if we're going to finish this temple, it's not going to be the big things that finish this thing. It's going to be all the days of doing all the small things. Don't despise the day of small things since the seven eyes of the Lord that reigns throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. You've got to be faithful in the small things. Don't despise it. Despise means I do not give value to it. It has no meaning to me. I don't value it. So when we despise something, we, we discount it as it's not valuable. It's not worth anything. Sometimes we look at our jobs and go, well, I've got the smallest job at the company and it's never really going to amount to much of anything. I have found that whatever you do, at least my Bible tells me this, I'm to do it as unto the Lord. I don't do it to please a man or a company. I do it to the excellence to please God. You may say, Pastor, you don't know what you're talking about. You've never done small things. <laughs> My dad came home when I was 13 and said, you got a job. I said, what? Working at a, we had, in Mississippi, we call them filling stations, service stations. Anybody ever worked at a service station? This is a full service service station. So when the car pulls up, ding, ding, you go put gas in the car, you wash the windshield, you check the air pressure in the tires, you lift the hood up, you check the water, the oil, and then you take the vacuum cleaner and vacuum out the driver's side of the car. That's a service station. We not only did that, we changed oil in cars, we fixed flats, we washed cars. I would wash 18 to 20 cars a day in addition to doing all the things at the front, in addition to changing oil at 13. I would wash some of the nastiest cars. They have love bugs in Mississippi. Anybody know what love bugs are? Man, those cars that come in just black. I'd wash them, get every bug off. Why? Because who's driving that car? God. Yeah. 
Who's driving? Who's going to be sitting in this car behind this clean windshield? God is. And so guess what? After a little while, I got a promotion. From $50 a week to $55 a week. Yeah. Who did that extra, extra 50 cents, man? And my tithe just went up on Sundays. Now it's $5.50. Look at that, Pastor. Yeah. Because you're faithful over small things. If you're too big to do the small things, you're going to always be too small to do the big things. We've got to understand we cannot despise it. God celebrates what everybody else thinks is small. I mean, just look at the Word of God. Genesis through Revelation. When God comes into a situation, He asks, what do you have? And the widow said, I've got just a little bit of oil. That's more than enough. Just whatever you have, give it to God, right? And faith, faith. Go get as many vessels as you can find that are empty. We're going to fill them up. What? Some of us would have had a real long dissertation right about then. She didn't. She was obedient. Well, well, there's just a, a little bit of money. This is, this is all I got, but I'm going to come on a Sabbath in the temple and, and put it in the offering plate and that Jesus was standing there. Stop the service. Why? We've just had someone given more than anyone else in church. Can you imagine the celebration? Can you imagine the budgetary committee just got up on the edge of their seat? What? We weren't expecting this today. How much did she give? She gave a minor. What? I, I don't even count that in my pocket. And Jesus said, because she gave everything she had. You see, the Word of God says that when you have little and you give it to God, little is much when God gets involved in it. There, there was a, a boy that came to, came to see Jesus one day. He had just a little bit of fish. A little bit of bread. And you go, well, that's enough. What? Faith. Let's pray over this and believe. And watch God get involved in just a little bit. There was a little boy one day with a little stone. I preached about him a couple of weeks ago. He brought a stone, a stone to a sword fight. That's enough. You got an entire army? Don't need it. What about this one? Hey, you got 300,000 men? Nope, let's whittle it down to about 300. That's all you're going to need. I want all the men that drink like a dog. I want to take those and get rid of them. I want these others. We're going to fight. 300? Yeah, because God wants to get all the glory. God wants to get involved in just a little bit so he can turn around and say, look what I have done. It wasn't your might. It wasn't your power. It was my spirit that got involved and began to take that little bit and turn it into a lot. And so many times in our lives, we look at the little and we despise it. Little kids running around church. Ah, the kids are noisy. Shut them up. They're putting dirty handprints on our pretty windows and making marks all over the walls and it's, the carpet gets all messed up and the kids are the kids are the kids. Hey, you were once a kid? Huh? Thank God for kids in church. Thank God for teenagers. Amen. Who knows what child or what teenager is going to grow up in this church and go out and do great things for God? 
because they said, hey, I'm not much, but everything I am, I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to give him all I got. I'm going to let God get involved in me. Takes just a little bit. Great things today are from small things yesterday. And great things tomorrow will be from small things today. You see, we just want great. We celebrate great. Great achievements. Great contributions to our society, to our lives, to our families, our churches, whatever. But we don't usually celebrate the small things. Destiny is in the small things. You want something big, guys? You want something big? Pick up your socks. I thought the women would give me a bigger amen right about then. You want something big? You want a great marriage? Do the little things. Put the toilet seat down. You imagine, it's a miracle how much that love that gets in your back. Stop, stop on the side of the road on the way home and, and pick a few flowers. And I did that one day. You would have thought I would give my wife a thousand dollars worth of flowers. Oh, they, they're so beautiful. I'm like, they're just weeds. That, but I stopped, got out, pulled them off the side of the road, brought them home, walked in the door, and said, "Hey, baby, I was thinking about you today. I love you." Yeah, you want a great marriage? Do the small things. Well, I want to I have everything. You want a great big whatever, house, whatever? Do the small things. Hey, I mowed the yard of nothing but weeds for years, and I was believing the whole time, God, give me grass one day to mow. Man, dirt flying up everywhere. Been there? I've been there. I mean, there's more dirt and weeds. There, there was no grass, but I was out there keeping it mowed. Lord, if I'm, if I'm faithful, if I'm faithful, it's the small things, Lord. This has been a part of my life my entire life. God, if I'm faithful over the small things, if I do everything as unto God, if I make sure that I do it with excellence to you, God, you will make me have ruler over much. It's the small things. It's the small things at church. You never know how much a smile will do. Yeah, small things. A hug. Just encourage somebody. What if this 15-year-old boy had been in church last Sunday? Somebody hug him up and say, Hey man, I love you. God's got great plans for your life. What a difference could it have made last Thursday when he took his life? What a difference has it been in some of your lives? I guarantee you, if you look back over your lives, the reason why you're here today, it wasn't because somebody did something big. Somebody did something small. Somebody looked at you. Somebody said something to you. Somebody believed in you. Somebody took the time to look you in the eye and tell you something. And it stuck with you. One of the greatest things my dad ever gave me was just before he passed away, he, he was weak. But he got up and we went outside. And all we did was go down the hill a little bit. We sat down in the grass. And he picked a blade of grass and he put it between his thumbs. I can't raise mine up to my mouth today, but he blew on it, made a noise. How many have ever done that? Just a little blade of grass, put it between your thumbs. And he showed me how to do that. One of the things I remember, small things. You probably remember things about your parents if they've already gone on. It's the small things. 
It's so many times we despise the day of the small things. Luke chapter 19. We, we read the story of giving out of the talents. You know the story. One's given ten, one's given five, one's given one. The one given ten goes out, brings ten more in. He rules over ten cities. But when that has five comes back, he's made to be a ruler over five cities. But when that has one comes back with one. And what happened? It was taken from him. You know why? He despised it. He did not think it had value. Well, this guy's got ten and this guy's got five. I, I want ten and five. Son, you can't even handle one. When you show me you can handle one, I'll give you five, I'll give you ten. But if you take one and bring back one, I'm taking that and giving it to the one with ten. Well, that's not fair. I'm going to give you a revelation today. Life's not fair. If life was fair, we would all be skinny and rich. Some of you are skinny and rich, but not all of us are. All of us would be good looking and beautiful and everything else. Some of you are. <laughs> I'll just let that sink in for a minute. But if we don't use what God gives us, no matter how small it is, God can take it from us. If you don't value your marriage, watch out, you'll lose it. If you don't value your children, watch out, you'll lose them. If you don't value friendships, if you don't value your church, if you don't value whatever you have in your life, if you don't value it, God can take it from you. No matter how small it is, we've got to be diligent. We've got to take care of the daily things to bring a greater destiny. We tend to despise small things. And God always starts with small things. So in a good sermon, a message, there's got to be a little story. So let me give you an illustration. One day a donkey dies and the birds of the air come and eat all the flesh and then the ants come along and take off any little thing that's left on the bones and, and God looks down at the donkey and says, hey donkey, are you done? Because wait, I'm not quite finished yet. He says, well, what, 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 what's, what else you got left? He says, I'm waiting on somebody. And, no, wait, here he comes. About that time, Samson walks up, reaches down, grabs a jawbone, said, let's have some fun here. You see, he took a jawbone and took down a bunch of Philistines. After he got through, the donkey said, okay, I'm done now. <laughs> My purpose has been fulfilled. You see, we don't get to determine when we're done and we don't get to determine what we do. We have to surrender our life, our will to God and say, God, whatever your will is, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't care how small it is, I'm going to be faithful to it. You may, not, you may say, Pastor, you've never done small things at church. Psh. I've scrubbed every toilet in this church. You have? Yep. I've cleaned the carpets in this church. You? Yep. Replaced these light bulbs in here and took down spider webs and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Well, aren't you too big to be scrubbing the toilets? If I'm too big to scrub the toilets, God may take them away from me. Listen to it now. That's 
Aren't you glad for the toilets in the church? Aren't you glad for the people in the church? Don't despise their height, their build, their place in society. Don't despise anything because you may be sitting beside someone who all of a sudden has enough faith to take your mountain and cast it into the sea for you one day. I believe I'm in the room of some mountain movers in here today. Some people whose faith is going to jump up a few levels because they say, hey, wait a minute. I've got something left to do. I'm not done. God uses small things. He uses a little faith. With Moses, just a stick. Yeah. You're going to go do a lot with that? Watch this. Turn it into a snake. Then pick it back up. I think that's the greatest miracle. If I throw that thing down and it turns into a snake, I'm gone, man. I'm not picking that up. Yeah. I'm out of here. He takes the things that we look at in our daily life. The people that you are at work with, God has put you there to be a light in their darkness at times. To let them see the small things that you show up for work early. You stay late. You have a great attitude. They ask you to do something. You say, what else can I do? Yeah. A small word. An opportunity. You see, God started small with our deliverance. Small baby. Small manger. Yeah. Then he grew up. Became just a plain old carpenter. Just building things out of wood and restoring wood. He probably would have been on HGTV today if he'd have been working. But after he turned 30, he spent three and a half years in ministry and then the wood that he restored, he was now hung on that wood. It restored me. And it restored you. And it gives us hope. It gives us faith. It gives us a reason to live. A purpose. God's destiny in your life. And I want today, if you hear nothing else from this message today, I want you to hear, no matter how small a part you think your life plays, it is the most important part. The most important part. I don't care how much you think. Nobody notices. They do notice. Just sometimes everybody else is busy too. You see, I learned a lot with this shoulder surgery. When things get detached, they atrophy real quick. I had a detached bicep, detached tendons in my rotator cuff, and since February they haven't been working, and guess what? They've atrophied. And so the surgeon said he had to take and stretch it back and screw it in the bone. I'm like, don't tell me all that. It's just a little small screw. You know, here and here and here and here. Just small stuff. But how many know it's going to play a big part in my life in the future? But I've also found that when you get detached, it hurts. And every one of you have been hurt. If you've lived this long in life and not been hurt, I need to talk with you. I've got pastor friends that are no longer in the ministry because they got hurt. I've got pastor's wives. Their, their husbands are in the church in the ministry, but their wives are at home 
because the church has hurt them so much, they'll never go back to church again. Deacons, deacons' wives, Sunday school teachers, leaders, and then you say, well, I'm none of those. I just come. Hey, you know what? I guarantee you've been hurt too. I used to tell people, if you haven't been hurt, just keep coming. You'll get hurt. It's not when you get hurt or if you get hurt. It's how are you going to respond when you do get hurt. How are you going to allow God to work in those small things to bring something big out of your life? Because God is working together all these little things. I see Miss Pat sitting over here. She's known around all of Oklahoma and probably the United States for her pastries and desserts. Miss Pat's. Miss Pat, it's the little things, right? What makes her stuff different? It's the little things. Now, all of her family will call it love. She just puts love all up in those pastries, right? But it's the little things. That, that little bit of extra this or that or not this or that. And a, boy, how I many you know a little bit can ruin the whole pot of stew if it's not in there right? God's got you here for a purpose and a destiny. And if you've not yet fallen asleep, He's still got something for you to do. So I want you to stand with me today. Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.